what up this is alternate take i am your host danny rodriguez welcome back to the show on this episode we brought you guys back a regular man we brought you guys back the homicide detective the crime fighting cut man mike rodriguez and it's always a pleasure having him on man he's uncle mike now and uh we got to talk about his fights that are coming up one of them just happened it was the andy ruiz and luis ortiz fight we got to talk about what's going on in his regular career where he's solving murders and shit and uh teaching people how to do that as well so it's always great catching up with uncle mike man and it was a damn pleasure so without further ado i bring to you mike the crime fighting cut man rodriguez Alternate take. We are back. Thanks for joining us again. This time we brought you guys a recurring guest, Cupman Mike Rodriguez. How you doing, Mike? Good, Danny. How you doing, man? Happy, uh, happy weekend. Happy Sunday to you, man. Great, yeah. great. Okay. Absolutely, man. Same to you, man. It's a. Uh, it's been a while. I think it's been like what, like maybe five, four or five months. I think last time we uh, we spoke or something like that. Yeah, might even been a little. Might even been a little longer. But time flies. I mean, Jews. We're almost in September, so I want to say it would had to have been maybe in like February. Yeah, and I don't know. Well, I'm gonna refresh the memory of people that uh, maybe missed the last episode. But you are a LA County Sheriff's homicide detective, as well as a boxing cut man. And um, our first episode with you went great. I got so many damn emails and calls and texts, and you know, um, people were thrilled to see it. I think people like to see somebody who's like does something really intense and has a cool side project on the side that turns into like their like not just a project. Now it's like a career. Now you have two careers. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Um, and I think that inspires the shit out of people, it inspires the hell out of me, you know, that's really cool. But, um, how you been since then, Mike? I've been good, man. I've been good. And you know, anytime in life you can inspire people, um, like, like what you're doing, you know, it's, it's just a matter of follow, following your passions and, and, and doing what you want in life. And I always tell people, man, if I can do it, why can't you? And when I, when I talk to people, when I try to motivate them or influence, I always look at them and I tell them, ask yourself, why not me? You know, if you see somebody else doing it. So a lot of times people get in their own way. They're focused on too much on what other people are doing and they should be staying on their grind and doing what they need to do. Yeah, I always, I always relate it to women because it's the easiest way for us dumb guys to to really grasp the idea. But how many times do you see an ugly dude with some hot ass chick because he's the only one that had the balls to just go, whatever, I'll ask. If she says no, big deal. But he took a chance. You know what I'm saying? He's the only one that actually did it. It's like, why not me? And it worked. You know, that happens all the time. And then the guy goes home like, man, you got an ugly guy with that hot chick. Well, yeah, because you're a pussy. You don't want to catch it. You don't want to try it. You don't want to even say hello. Nothing. There, there may be some other variables, but we can stick to that. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I wanted to go into um boxing first before we get into everything else. But um, since we last had you on, we've had You've been involved in um, Mark Maxino's championship fight. Um, you've been involved in Pacquiao's last fight. And then you've been involved in Dimitri Bival's victory over Canelo. So that's three huge things that, like, as a cup man, to be a part of all that is, is banana. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start with uh, Mark Maxino, man. He fucking is phenomenal. I can't wait for the rest, what he's got going on the rest of the year. And, and future, he's young. He's fucking killing it. Yeah, but, you know, Mark, you're talking about Mark Maxino. Maxino, yeah. But, you know, he lost his title last month. He lost it to Ray Vargas. Yeah. Uh, Vargas, undefeated two-division champion. No shame in that. Um, you know, Mark got a very gallant effort. You know, when you fight at the championship level against undefeated world champions, you know, you may have to take a loss every now and then. But the great thing with Mark and his attitude and the whole team is, you know, he's going to bounce back. Um, that's, the, that's the thing about today's boxing. People think if you lose a fight, like, 
all of a sudden you're not relevant anymore. That's not the case, man. If you go back and you look at guys like Duran and Leonard and Hearns and Benitez and, you know, that just in that generation, Hagler, those guys all lost fights, man. But you know what great champions do? Great champions come back. They come back and win. And, and, and I think that's, that's, that's the key to what a real champion is, you know, when, when things get tough and, and you're in 50, 50 fights where you don't know, you know, it, it, it's, it's a pick em fight and, and, and you win. I mean, that, that, that's a great thing. And that, that kind of what builds your, your championship legacy and what I like to call that championship pedigree. Yeah. And it's, it's honestly the nature of his fighting too. Like if you see him fight, um, you know, at some point he's going to get a loss because of how much chances he takes. And because of how his fighting style is so awesome to watch that, like someone who fights that great and is that aggressive and in such a perfect manner, like I love the way he fights that you're going to have somebody who some point is going to be just as aggressive as you, or if not the same, and someone's got to lose, it's just going to be a fucking battle. And it was, I, I love watching him fight. You know, it, it does remind me a lot of like nineties Pacquiao Marquez style fighting. Um, and it's, it's fucking great to watch. I, and you're right too. Like I, I think that's what boxing has done wrong for so many years is they put the pressure on someone being undefeated. Like just make them fight. Nobody's for, I don't know how long until they finally get a mega fight and the mega fight comes and they may lose the mega left or the mega fight. And then now that one loss, everyone puts it on. I was like, dude, it's better the way, like almost the UFC has it where it doesn't matter if you lose it's styles, make fights. And that's what people want to pay to watch. And you know, see is, you know, they're you don't really focus on the record. You focus on, you know, your last couple of fights, you know, guy could be on a two fight losing streak and they don't give up on him. They just put him another, yeah, you're going to have to fight tougher opposition. But the good thing about it is if you win, look what happened. You know, some of the promotions, they, they do a good job of moving their folks along. Obviously, you know, it, it, it is a business and, and I'm excited just to work with fighters like him. And, you know, I got to work with Manny Pacquiao in his last two fights not sure if you know he's just what he's decided to do if he's if he's going to come back um he didn't win the, the the presidency i don't think over in the philippines but the one you mentioned man which was just a phenomenal thing for me was the whole dimitri bivol beating canelo alvarez and to be part of that history you know to be part of that history is something they can never take away from dimitri or or the rest of the team yeah i think um <clears throat> it was surprising that people were surprised that he won um, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. Nobody on the team was surprised. I know people may not right. believe, but that's exactly what we expected to happen. Yeah, I, I fucked up. I should have put money on the fight. I should have bet on Bavol because, um, I mean, I've known how good he is forever. I mean, he's been he's been killing light light heavyweight for a long time. Um, when I used to, when I used to work out at Legends over there in Norwalk, he used to be there all the time, and you can see the speed and power, and he's. It's ridiculous. And you just know there's a different level. Like Canelo's fought in big guys before, but they don't have his speed or no, technique, I, any of that stuff. Dimitri and Arthur B2B are, are really the class of the light heavyweight division. Not to say there's not other good fighters. I think Dimitri's going to fight Dimitri Bivol. Um, and, but I mean, Arthur and, um, and Dimitri are, are the class of that division. I've seen Arthur up close when he knocked out one of my fighters up in Montreal, uh, uh, Marcus Brown in a very, very tough fight. Both guys were cut very bad. Um, his cut man, Russ Amber, couldn't actually be there because he had he had uh, contacted COVID a couple of days before. And I always look forward to going against Russ because he's a, not only a world-class cut man, he's a, he's a world-class guy and a good friend. So you're talking about two guys that hopefully at some point, which is going to be good for boxing, are on a collision course to, to hopefully unify those, uh, those light heavyweight belts. Yeah, I mean... I, I would love to see that. Don't the only thing that's crazy is that would probably be a better setup if they fought each other. 
But I mean, the fans probably going to want to see Canelo fight him again. You know, if they do it at super middleweight, I don't know. But I mean, they, he fights Triple G though, no, right? Doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's fighting Triple G. I think uh, next the next uh, the next two weeks. So um, I have big, I have the big fights um, over at uh, Crypto, formerly known as Staples Center. September next Sunday, September fourth, I'm going to have a former four four time world champion Abner Mar Abner in the uh, in the co feature. I'm going to have uh, Joey Spencer. Also, and his br younger brother Mikel Spencer. So it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really good card uh, next Sunday. Those are on the undercard for that fight. Yeah, uh, Abner Abner is the uh, is the is the co feature on the pay per view, and Joey Spencer is the featured attraction on the free TV for Fox. Damn, yeah, that's gonna be great. I'm I'm actually excited for that. I wasn't really I didn't think they were gonna do it again. You know, for a long time, I you know their their first fight turned me off of boxing for like three years just because. Is just clearly just a robbery. Like I mean, I've seen it. Oh, I rewatched the fight like five times. I really have watched it like five times. You're talking about Triple G and Canelo. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the one at Staples uh, next week. Is 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 uh, Luis Ortiz and a oh and okay. I, I thought it was an undercard of that. Okay. No, the other one's in two weeks. So I believe it's in Vegas, but I, I won't be a part of that that one. Damn. Okay. So is it, it's Luis Ortiz and his and and uh Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz, which is going to be a really really good fight. Yeah, that's going to be good because, I mean, their fighting styles are similar, both heavy-handed. That's going to be great. I mean, I've, I've, people have wanted that fight for a long time, too, ever since Andy lost his uh, fight or his rematch with Joshua and then um, Ortiz losing to Wilder a couple times. It just makes sense. Like, those are the guys, like the three, four guys in the division. You want them to fight each other. So, that'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I worked with, uh, during the pandemic, I worked with Ortiz for one fight, even though the fight you know, it didn't last very long, but um, I'm actually a fan of both guys, and I think stylistically, it's a fantastic matchup. How old do you think Luis Ortiz actually is? There's always that thing where they're like, I, his birth certificate from Cuba, he's 10 years old or something. I graduated high school in 1984, and I want to say when I was a senior, he might have been a sophomore. <laughs> oh, shit. That's yeah. crazy. Kind of facetious, but I don't know. You know, sometimes you just don't know. Maybe he just has that mature look on his face where maybe he looks older. Who knows? Yeah, that's wild. Hey, more credit to him if he is that, if he is older. More credit to him. Yeah, I mean, the crazy part about him is like his fights with Wilder were like he was winning most of them. Like, and then both of those fights, and I know that, you know, when the credit to Wilder for, you know, for KO and both fights, if you watch most of those, those two fights, I think they might have fought like 18 rounds total. Ortiz probably won 15 of those 18 rounds. The one at Barclays Center in the first fight, he had Wilder extremely hurt. I mean, extremely hurt. He needed about another 30 seconds. Um, but, you know, when you got that, that, you got that one punch power, you can get people out. You know, you could be, you could be, you could, it's not like baseball where you, you know, where you're, you're, you're trailing by 12 runs in the ninth inning. Most likely you're not going to win. You know, when you got that one, that one big punch and you can get a guy out of there then you know that's that's what makes it so exciting and, and fights so compelling up until the final bell yeah no i'm stoked i can't wait do you do you think there's a uh in your experience has there been a difference in in uh cutting fighters from different weight classes like as a whole like are, are like featherweights tend to be more i don't know humbled and heavyweights are heavyweights more dramatic than featherweights like is there a difference well, i i think the bigger the bigger the man is the more excited people get, you know, um, when you're the heavyweight champion of the world, going back to Muhammad Ali, going back to George, uh, Joe Frazier, George Foreman, Ken Norton, Larry Holmes, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. There is just Riddick Bowe. There is just something about the heavyweight champion of the world 
that maybe just brings the common person, uh, makes, brings more attention. But make no mistake about it, when you're talking about bantamweights, featherweights, and lightweights, you know, they have provided lots of great fights, you know, historically over the years. And it just depends what you like. You know, do you like a guy that hits singles or a guy that hits doubles? But most people in baseball, what do they like? They like home run hitters. And the heavyweights, you know, most of the time, stylistically, they're not going to be as fluent or maybe as well-rounded as, as a guy at 140 pounds. But what they do have, and I can tell you this from personal experience, you know, because I fought heavyweight was, you know, big guys can hit hard. You know, that that old saying is like, you know, the bigger they are, you know, the harder they fall. Yeah, that's true. But the bigger they are, the harder they hit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Forget that end of it. Oh, yeah. I have no interest in sparring with the heavyweight anytime soon. That's uh, for damn sure. What about uh, what about Tyson Fury? Like, I, what's he what's he up to lately? I mean, like, I've been out of boxing loop in about for a couple months now. But, but um, well, no, he re- said he was going to retire. Then he unretired. You know, Tyson Fury, man, he's uh, he kind of bangs to the beat of his own drum. And, you know, he, he's he's earned that right. I mean, those fights with Wilder are just some of the craziest things you've ever seen. I mean, he rose from the Undertaker, you know, in the like Taker in the first fight, the last him and Wilder. I mean, Jesus, they both were on the deck multiple times. He's got a ton of heart. He's got a ton of talent. Um, I would like to see him fight Alexander Husik. I would like to see him fight even Anthony Joshua. There's just a lot of good fights out there. You know, the thing is, when I think when these guys start making money and their life changes. You know, it's hard to get Marvin Hagler said it best, man. It says it's, it's hard to get up at four o'clock in the morning and take off your silk pajamas and get out and do that road work. But I think we they can say they want to be away from it and I'm done. But then they see somebody else kind of like start to trend a little bit. And then their competitive nature and the competitive juices. These guys are ultra, ultra competitive. I mean, they probably don't even like losing at checkers or, you know, <laughs> yeah badminton or whatever it is i mean i'm a very competitive person even when my fighters fight i don't like to lose because i know in the boxing game when you win the next time you make more money yeah i do better fighters lose sometimes you got to go to the back of the line so it's 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 uh it's it's a crazy business but you know fury's a great fighter i think he has a lot of great fights in him and and hopefully he sticks around for a while because I'm, i'm a fan yeah, absolutely. It's funny too. You mentioned like the more success you have, the harder it is to keep that, um, I guess, motivation, like you said, or discipline. Cause that's like the one reason why. And like, I, I get why people don't like him too about like off or out of the ring type stuff. But Mayweather was like my favorite person about that because I mean, he was like 40, like beating up everybody and he just worked hard and he worked harder than everybody. It was just bananas everybody. how you could keep that success being that old for that uh-huh. long. Funny, the harder he worked, the luckier he got, which is really is luck. Kobe Bryant, all the great ones, man, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the Floyd Mayweathers, the Manny Pacquiao's, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard's, Roberta Duran's. There's something about those guys that are just completely different. There are there are good players, good fighters, and there are great fighters. And then there are all-time greats that people are just on a completely different frequency and a different level. And and Floyd was like that, whether you like the style or not. I particularly wasn't a huge, huge fan of his style, but I mean, when he, he, he 100% mastered his craft and, and you got, and no matter whether you like him or not, you got to respect it. Yeah. And I, you know, I grew to love different styles as I got older too, for sure. I mean, it's like, it's like pitchers or baseball. Like I, you know, I love Greg Maddox, you know, the, the movement of the ball uh, can throw backhand pitches. It doesn't throw hard, uh, but then I also love Randy Johnson. I love the heat. I, you know, it's, I like that you can appreciate all of it for sure. 
I was a huge Greg Maddox guy. I mean, the guy could literally pitch the ball and tell you if you were going to hit it exactly. We're going to hit it. You know, he once threw a complete game shutout in like 92 pitches. I mean, that is just unheard out in today's baseball game. These guys get credit for a quality start if they go five innings. <laughs> I know. I remember when he got traded to the Dodgers, like 2000, I want to say like 2008 or something like that, 2007, 2008. And uh, me and my brother were like, oh, shit, we got to go. I remember I, I called in sick to work that day. I worked like at Albertsons. I was probably like 17. And then I, I was like, I'm not going to school. Hell no. Like we got This is Greg Maddox pitching at home. Like we just traded for him at the deadline. We just got him. And he went like eight innings, uh, scoreless. And then in the ninth inning, it was like Russell Martin hit a walk-off home run. It was a 1-0 game. And I was like, man, he, freaking he awesome. Was, he was at the tail end of his career, and the guy was still doing all that. You know, so, I mean, you Dodgers got him very, very late in his career. I think he only played for the Dodgers the, 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 the one year. And I think he still won like 14, 13 or 14 games that year. Yeah, something stupid. Well, how's everything else at a, a wild card? Tell me, like, what you guys are looking forward to for the rest of the year. I mean, for those of you guys who don't know, wild card gym is probably the most popular gym in the world. Uh, yeah. And by Freddie Roach, you know, a lot of crazy prospects. I always see Mario Lopez hanging out there and shit doing his thing. Uh, but tell us what's going on at wild card. Mario trains upstairs. We got a lot of guys in camp right now getting ready for fight dates. Uh, the young Irish sensation, Callum Walsh, I believe, is going November 4th on the Tom. You got to get out there, man. The Tom Lawler's 360 promotion, the Hollywood fight night over at the Quiet Cannon of Montebello. Tom and his whole staff, uh, Mike Styles and those guys do a fabulous job. Dana White's involved on the UFC fight pass. Uh, the, the Dominican kid, Elvis Rodriguez, is in camp. He's waiting for a fight date. Um, Imanis Stanionis, a WBA welterweight champion. Um, that I work with, with Marvin Zamodio. He's over there. He's in camp. He's waiting for probably a big fight date. Uh, I think they're waiting to see what happens with uh, if, if Spence and Crawford are going to get made, see what date he's going to go as well. So um, another kid over there that's undefeated. You're going to hear some stuff about Saul Bustos. Uh, and you got a whole host of Russian guys over there. I'd be doing them an injustice if I, if I try to pronounce all their names. <laughs> they're over there. Freddie and Marie, you know, they, 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 they run a great, it's, it's a franchise over there, man, and, and, and it's a family. Um, I owe a lot to, to both Freddie and uh, and and Marie. And you got Pepe Riley, who's over there, an assistant trainer with Marvin. Pepe's, I think, on his way back as we speak from uh, England. He had one of those YouTubers fight last night on that KSI card somewhere over in the U.K., so he's probably getting jet lag as we speak or on his way back right now. Um, people always forget about Pep, but Pep was a 92 Olympian with De La Hoya. He's, he's a good trainer. He, uh, he guided him and uh, Ernie Zavala guided a uh, former lightweight champion, Ray Beltran, to a world title. And he works he works a lot with a lot of the guys over there. Yeah, I know. I, I spoke with him about a couple months back, and I, know I talked to him about coming on the pod. He's such a nice guy. So we're, we're going to interview with Pepe for sure. Man. Yeah, I'd love to be on when you have Pepe on, man, because there's so many good stories that, 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 that Pepe and I can share. And, and, you know, we've known each other a long time, but I would have to say the last four or five years, man, you know, Pep, Pep's like family, man. We've, we've done holidays together, and there's not too many people in this, in boxing or in the world that, that, that I respect more than Pep. Is that, is that something you knew? Like, I mean, obviously you're a huge history of boxing and, and obviously law enforcement, but did you know, did you see that coming? Like when you joined the gym, like to create such a bond with like everyone there, or it was just like, I want to go there and learn how to get like perfect my craft. And then if something happens, happen. but it, did it come out of nowhere or are you kind of looking for that? I think I might've mentioned it before, you know, I know Freddie a long time when he used to work out of the outlaw gym, that actor Mickey work on. And I was going to try to, you know, I was going to try to do some more fighting and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. And this was in the early nineties. Um, I was the guy that 
that when they had three other fighters fighting out of town and they had a local guy fighting, I would get the call. You know what I mean? <laughs> you had Joe Chavez. You had guys like Carlos Vargas, um, uh, Ruben Gomez, legendary guys, man. And, and, and I just slowly worked my way up the food chain. And pretty soon I was the third guy and the second guy. And it just, it was just kind of a natural evolution. I never really tried to force it. Uh, I wanted my work and my professionalism to speak the loudest. You know, today, unfortunately, you got a lot of cut men. They, they want to have kind of a stick and they want to have like be a cartoon character. I think we talked about that before. Anybody that knows me knows I'm not a real loosey goosey guy. Um, I just, it doesn't work for me. Um, but I always want my work to speak the loudest volume. And, and, I, and hopefully that was the reason why. And then you, the relationships build. I've known Freddie a long time. I've known him 30 years. The relationship with Marie and I've worked fight, a lot of fights with Marvin and with Pep. And, you know, you just kind of forge that bond. You go, you go to battle together. And I think if everybody just focuses on what they need to do and be an all-star at your position, then it works what's best for the team and it works what's best for the fighter. And I think that's been my recipe for success. My son now, Andrew, is working with some of their guys um, also. And those relationships, and you just build it brick by brick. I think too many people in anything that they do, they want instant gratification and instant success. And sometimes somebody may say, hey, man, you're an overnight sensation. And you say, yeah, man, it only took 20 years. Yeah, and thank God it happened slow. I mean, for people that do get it, handling success when it comes too quickly, is, is it's it's not going to work out. You're going to fail at it. It's too much pressure, too much expectations, too much, too much bullshit that you didn't prepare for you didn't do the groundwork like you said when you put the groundwork in it, it comes with time and it's like you and you know what to expect and uh it, it feels good it's like a my dad always uses a dumb analogy he always says like when we we're a little like um but it makes sense he'd always say like a coke tastes like shit when you're inside and the air conditioning's on and you fucking didn't do shit all week it's just like you feel like a fat fuck that's what it feels like so, but when you like go outside you work on your car you cut the grass you sweat you did everything and then all week you did like you did your job maybe even did a a couple of spots of overtime, um, you know, like you, your kids are good. Everything's good. When you have that Coke at the end of the week, you're like, ah, this is fucking perfect. Like I taste good now. Like you earned it. Yeah, and it's a gratifying thing. And, and it's, it's, it's a recipe for success and it's momentum. I'm a big, I'm a big vibe and momentum person. You know, when things are going bad, it's because you got a bad vibe and there's bad momentum. You got to turn, you got to, sometimes you got to turn the pendulum on that thing and you got to swing it in the right direction because, the people that you interact with, the people that you support, the people that support you are very important in your success. You know, nobody does this alone. I don't just show up to fights, you know, guy, hey, I'm here. You know, you, you I got to take, I take as much pride in working a fighter's four round fight as I do working a fight for a world title on, you know, on pay-per-view because to that fighter, that fight is just as important. And I had a conversation with, a, with one of my younger fighters. And I traveled across country just to go work like a four or six round fight. And he's like, Mike, hey, man, thank you for coming. I know it was a long trip. And I told him, I said, well, look, I can't just expect you to call me when you're fighting for the title, you know, when you're 20 and 0. I like, I like the whole team building. You know, sometimes the journey is just as good as the destination. Because sometimes when you get to the destination, you know, you're like, okay, now what are we going to do? What's next? You know, and that's just kind of my, my mind and the way that I think. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a crazy journey. Um, I was hanging out the other day and one of my buddies, uh, he's like, Hey, did you, did you see this? And he showed me on his phone. I was like, no, we're talking about, he's like, you're like the guy you interviewed Mike's on uh George Lopez's podcast. I was like, Oh no shit. I was like, I saw it. I was like, that's hilarious, well, man. That just getting back to the, 
the positive vibe and momentum thing is you happen to have interviewed Gil. Gil got me on your show. Gil and I have kept in contact and, you know, because of his work as a homicide detective like myself and the whole Night Soccer series on Netflix, um, he connected with George and I was able to go on that show. And that was a kick in the ass because I'm a big George Lopez fan. And, you know, and after about two minutes, man, it was just like three guys in there, you know, shooting the shit, talking about Chi-Chi's, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh the way it should be you know it's beautiful i love it that's that's yeah. uh, that's how interview is actually at its most pure yeah and you know george is a huge baseball fan like myself and if you listen man we talked a lot about baseball and you know some personal things and it, it, it was good man i hope to get back on there with him again and in whatever capacity and, and talk to him again just like i'm talking to you because you know some of the, the best conversations you're just you know you're just kind of chopping it up there's really no set set itinerary or set agenda you just kind of talk about what's on your mind Oh, yeah. I don't prepare shit for interviews. I don't like to do that unless it's something like specific. We had a doctor on. There's certain questions I got to ask him about certain yeah. things. But like with the regular guys, you know, I, I just want it to be natural. If something, a question pops up in my head, that's what I want to ask you. And that's how we go. But um, no, that was that was exciting. It was very cool for me because I was like, man, this is like it's kind of like a I don't know. I was I was super happy because I was like, man, like I got to interview Mike and uh, we got to have a friendship over it. Same with Gil. And yeah. I'm having lunch with Gil today. We're going to. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, and you know, yeah. it was a good good week for me because that same week where i was on his show on monday that same saturday they did a rear re-air on my dateline nbc two-hour special on one of my cases of the black widow of lomita and that same night while they were airing that i was in um fort worth texas on the golden boy card with virgil ortiz and it was my first <laughs> time working with virgil who's a big time fighter is going to be a world champion and he had actually got cut in the first round, and I got to work that cut and got it under control. And you know, he won by knockout in the ninth round. So you know, for, for personal reasons, it was it was a good week. But it's to me, it's just a culmination of the end result of, of a lot of preparation and hard work. Absolutely, yeah. No, Virgil Ortiz is going to be a champion. He's he's insane. Now he's been he's been talked about since he was like fifteen. The kid's a superstar, you know. So he's very young. And he's he's gonna he's gonna um. Be very exciting to watch for the future, man. That's for damn sure. Tell me about the Dateline thing, though. That was really cool because um, this is a nice segue into like how everything's been going with like your your regular job, you know, and your right. career as a homicide detective. But uh, tell me that experience for you when it came to that. That sounds like well, you know what? It was when they showed um two weeks ago was a re-airing from a couple of years ago on a two-hour special they did on the Lomita Black Widow case. That same case had also been featured on cbs 48 hours murder mystery a few years before that's a very interesting case but you know as i near the end of my law enforcement career um i'm in my 34th year i finally i, I believe i just finally decided that next june um is is going to be the time where i'm gonna i'm gonna finally retire um you know i have a couple few other things that i want to do still related to homicide stuff it'll, it'll allow me a little bit more freedom i believe the plan is they're going to hire me back to work part-time on some things which is which which is great for me um i take a lot of pride um in running the homicide school i've been i'm in my 12th year running the two-week homicide school that we do five or six times a year we just finished a class on friday so i get agencies from all over the place i'm kind of the game show host i kind of facilitate everything teach some of the classes but i got great instructors guys that i work with not just from the sheriff's department but lapd's homicide so i mean like i always tell people what's what's better than doing what you love at a high level and i get to do it in both things with 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 homicide and investigations you know and and with fights so i'm a very a very blessed guy in in that regard and and, and one thing in life that i always tell people is you count your blessings and then you pass them on because the more you give, the more you get.
Hell yeah. You're in the blood business. You're like Dexter. I love it. It's fucking yeah. Hey. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's great. Um, man, next June. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, I gotta go to your retirement party. If I'm not invited, I'm gonna be offended and shit. Yeah, but I'm probably not gonna have everybody always asks me that I'm probably not gonna have a party. I was actually supposed to retire last March. And then it was going to be this March and then it was going to be next March, but I got a little bit of a game plan. I don't want to jinx anything yet. So I think it's going to be June. I mean, I'll, I'll be on with you, but before that, maybe I can have a little bit more direction, a little more, uh, clear, uh, indication of what the, the direction I'm going to go in. And I'll, I'll be happy to share it with you. I just don't want to jinx. I'm going to knock on wood right now. I don't want to jinx anything. Absolutely. Mike Rodriguez, one last question before we let you go. How's the family? How's everything going else besides this? Yeah. Everybody's good, man. Everybody's healthy, man. Everybody's prospering. Um, you know what? Just you stay close. You stay close to your family. Like my dad always says, you know, blood's thicker than water, man. And and, and it's and it's very true. And as, that doesn't mean that really close friends can't become your family as well. You know, I have so many extended families, not just in boxing, my regular family, law enforcement, military. You know, there's a lot of good folks in this world. I think if we spend a lot more time as a society interacting with each other instead of paying attention to what people perceive or what they think you have to act like. I mean, if you, if you look at social media, it makes it sound like everybody hates each other. And I think when you get people in a room and they're just actually interacting, they realize that, you know what, we're not that much. We're not different. We don't all have to, we don't all have to think like, we don't have to, we don't all have to like, the, like the same things. One thing I try to do, man, is I always try to respect other people. Now, if you cross that line, you don't respect me, then you're going to get a different reaction out of me. And I have no problem with that at all. But, you know, I just, you know, you keep your family close and your the people that you trust and you support and keep them close. And, you know, life, life and you stay healthy. Uh, your health and your, and your time are two of the biggest commodities, commodities that you have in this world. And I like I, I try to value both. And I appreciate you having me on and taking the time today and make sure Gil pays for that lunch and tell Gil, <laughs> and tell Gil that I sent him a text a couple of days ago and he still hasn't gotten back to me. <laughs> I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him today. No. Shit. Yeah. I was trying to help somebody out, this young aspiring actor. And I figured maybe cause with his contacts with George, um, maybe he could, um, point this guy in the right direction, introduce him to some people. Sometimes you meet people in this world and you're like, you know what? That person has that extra it. I can't help him in the film business, but maybe George can or, or, or Gil can. And you never know what can happen. It's just one of those things about passing your blessings forward, man. But I thank you, Danny. That's my brother's name, Danny Rodriguez. So I'll say goodbye to you and I'll say hello to him. Awesome. I couldn't agree more, Mike. It's always a pleasure when you stop in. You're, you're Uncle Mike now. You know, so anytime I get to hang out with you and talk with you, it's, it's always a blessing, man. I appreciate yeah. you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and tell, tell Gil to hit me back. Tell him I said hello. <laughs> All right, bro. Take All right, care. well, this has been Alton Take. We'll see you guys later. Peace. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, our interview with the crime-fighting cut man, Mike Rodriguez. Thanks for stopping in, Uncle Mike. Always a pleasure. Um, for those of you guys who want to know more about Mike, I put his social media stuff all in the podcast description, so go check that out. And as some of you might know we are back. Alternate Take is kicking all over again, man. And we are doing one episode a week as scheduled. And I only do one a week for a reason because I know there's 5,000 podcasts you guys all listen to. And I don't want you guys to get overwhelmed, man. So if you can just look forward to one a week from us, that's kind of all I'd rather have instead of having multiple a week and fucking bugging you guys. So thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Spread the good word. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. This has been Alternate Take. I'm your host, Danny Rodriguez. Peace out.